listening to the Busy Business Women podcast, episode 46. And today we're talking about building confidently bold brands with the very smart and super colourful Suze Chadwick. So let's get started. Hi, I'm Faye Hollands and I've been helping time-strapped women in business improve their productivity and profit for well over a decade now. And in this podcast, I want to share with you the highs and lows of growing a successful business so that you can avoid the pitfalls, fast-track your progress and build a business that booms faster. This is the Busy Businesswoman Podcast. Hey ladies, Faye Hollands here and thank you so much for joining me again today and tuning in for another episode of the Busy Businesswomen podcast. Today we are talking to the fabulous Suzanne Chadwick or Suze as she's known. Now Suze, if you haven't come across her before, is very passionate just like me about helping female entrepreneurs and she's all about helping them play big and brand bold, which she does brilliantly herself. She's a huge fan of women supporting women, powerful collaboration and creating savvy businesses that fit the lifestyle you want to lead instead of the other way around. She's got a fantastic energy and zest for life. So it gives me great pleasure to welcome Suze Chadwick from the Connection Exchange onto the podcast. Suze, so good to have you here. As you've heard, I've been stalking you for a little while watching you on Instagram and I love your energy and colour and I'm thrilled to have the opportunity to chat to you today. So welcome to the Busy Businesswoman podcast. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. I love people that stalk me on Instagram. Totally acceptable. I can't remember how I found you, but I'm really glad I did. I'm kind of thinking it was probably through Kate Toon and I'm not sure, but um, you know, like I love your energy. I love your colors. You clearly are a branding expert and it's caught my attention. And then I love your Instagram stories, which I want to talk about more later. So I won't dive into there right now, but um, yeah, you have a fantastic energy about you. I'm really excited to get into a bit about your background and then your area of expertise. So let's jump in because I reckon you and I are going to talk really, really quickly. So listeners, you may want to slow this down a bit, Uh, but we've got a lot lot to cover. So let's get started. So what I want to start off with is how did you get into business in the first place? And I'm just wondering if your business has evolved over time or what we see now is what you started out as? No, definitely not. So I uh, so I w- have been in corporate for a really long time and then I kind of got the branding bug when I did a big campaign when I was working in London quite a while ago. Uh, and to, in a nutshell, because it's a long story, so in a nutshell is that I ended up just before, like the day before I went on maternity leave, this is back in 2010, there was a social media consultant that came into the corporate that I was doing some work with mm-hmm. and she was talking about branding campaigns and recruitment marketing and all of that sort of stuff because I was in recruitment. And I just sat, I just remember sitting in that meeting thinking, oh my gosh, like this is what I want to do, which was all the branding, marketing and stuff. And I was a recruitment manager at the time. Yeah. And so four months after I had my baby, Sean, my first baby, I contacted that consultant on LinkedIn and basically said to her, she'd been a branding consultant at Deloitte um, prior to her starting her business. And I said, I'll work for you one day a week free of charge if you teach me everything that you know. And so for the next basically year or two, I just sat in on strategy calls with her and her clients where they did like brand strategy and social media strategy and marketing. And I was just her lackey. Like I was, <laughs> I was on maternity leave just learning. 
Um, and so when I went back to my corporate job, I said to the CEO at the time, I really think that there's an area here that we're not doing, which was employer branding, which we could be doing for clients. And she said, go and do it. So that was kind of my first where I built something where it was like, I did all the pricing models, how we were going to go to market, how we were going to run projects, like branding projects. Uh, And so that was kind of how I started. And then I had girlfriends who were on maternity leave who were like lawyers, marketing managers, like senior in their roles who were like, I don't want to go back. Like, how do I do this? And so I had just really learned a lot of these skills during my journey of just building a business out from scratch and how you go to market, like what are the key things when it comes to building a brand and attracting the type of people you want to. Uh, And I just ended up helping them over wine, over like dining room tables. Uh, And I just loved it. Like I thought, oh my God, this is so exciting. And that's kind of how it started. And they said to me, my mates said to me, you need to do this. Like you need to like get paid to do this. And so they ended up referring friends, their friends to me who were in similar situations. And that's how I started. And so I registered the business in like March 2014 and sat on it for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And then I had a massive like conference event, which was the first event I ever ran, which was in 2015, which was Epic Summit and Lisa Messenger was my keynote. Great. Um, and so, and that kind of really launched me as far as my events and coaching and all of that. And yeah. it's just been, yeah, from there I've just kind of evolved. I love it. What a great story because, you know, I have another business that's career coaching and I don't focus so much on that anymore, but I can really resonate with, first of all, I was a recruiter. There's so many parallels with our life and London and being allergic to cats. And honestly, that's another conversation over wine. But um, I love the fact that, you know, you've gone on maternity leave and you've recognized that you don't want to come back, but what are you going to do? Or, you know, you want to do something different. And kudos to you for just saying, I'll lap up as much as I can get in that one day a week for free and doing the hard yards to get that experience. Because so many people just want the really awesome business and the really great career without the effort that really is involved in getting to that point. So I love that story. And I love how it's evolved over time and and where you're at now. And clearly, you found your calling. Certainly from the outside, that's what it looks like. You look like you thoroughly love what you do. And you're also really good at it. Is that, you know, is that a good reflection? Like I seriously can't I work with large multinational corporates Mm -hmm. um, doing employer branding still, uh, which I find like really is a whole other kettle of fish. Yep. I work with women in business and then I also work with like senior executive CEOs on building their personal brand and being bolder and breaking the mould. And so I work in branding but across a spectrum of different Mm. types of clients And there is nothing I would rather do. Like I just, I love it because I think that people really do want to be different Mm -hmm. and they really do want to stand out, but they just, they don't know how to. And so breaking that down and understanding what really makes them tick, what makes their audience tick and how they can really articulate that to me is like, I would do that every day of the week and I do. So it's amazing and I love it. This could quite possibly turn into a coaching session, you coaching me, because what you've just said there is just taken me back to a time. So I used to work in recruitment, as I said, and I remember when I left and started my business, this was back in 2013, 
And I had always been, I'd been in professional services, investment banking, very corporate, you know, suit and booted every day, very dull suits. Um, and didn't, I suppose, never felt like I was, my branding was really who I was. It was just conforming to the environment I was in. And I remember leaving, setting up my business and going back about three months later to meet someone for lunch and being determined that I would look different because I felt different. Except I'd been in corporate for, I don't know, like 15 odd years by that point. And I didn't even know what the different looked like. And I still think, which is probably why, you know, we, I've connected with you and started following you and asked you to come on here is that here I am 12 and a half years later in business. And I still don't think I've found exactly what I want to look like in terms of my branding interestingly. So I'm not expecting you to start counselling me, but it's just one of those light bulb moments of, yeah, I'm still struggling because that's not my guru space and maybe I need to get someone to help me. So let's move on to talking more about personal branding. Now, as I said, I've been stalking you for a little while, loving your Instagram in particular. And the things that have really stood out for me um, and have made me remember you so well have been firstly, the awesome bright colours that you wear and, you know, all over your branding, your website and your socials. And I think your distinct sense of style, which I'm in awe of. And then secondly, your level of confidence. You know, you're a confident cookie. I think we have to be in recruitment. I don't think either of us are wallflowers. No. Um, now, I'm sure that those attributes of, you know, many, most of it is naturally you, but I'm guessing that they're also not accidental when it comes to your business. So can you tell me a bit about when you started to take personal branding seriously, if there was ever a point where you weren't as focused as you are right now, mm. and how you went about deciding what your brand was going to look and feel like? Yeah. So, uh, so I've had, so my business is the connection exchange, which like I said, I've had since 2014 and it's still my business, Mm. but probably about a year or two ago, probably two years now, uh, I, my handle for Instagram and everything was the connection exchange because I used to run events and I still do run events. But when I really took a look at my business, everything that was generating the revenue, like the serious revenue was really me. It was my speaking. It was my courses. It was like anything that I was doing was what was generating revenue. Whereas the events were really just for community. They weren't a revenue generator. And I just sort of thought, you know something, if I'm going to grow my my business, I really want to grow my personal brand. Like I don't, the connection exchange is what I trade under. Um, and it's what a lot of people know as my business, but really I want my name to be what people know and remember. And yeah. so basically I just changed everything. I changed all of my social handles, became Suze Chadwick. And that's like Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, uh, became consistent with my name. Mm-hmm. And then I really just started to show up more and talk about what I was doing and those sorts of things. So as far as moving from a business to a personal brand, that was probably one of the best things that I did because it really positioned me as a thought leader. It positioned me as the go-to person when it comes to building a bold brand, because that's what I talked about. And so that's what all of my content pillars were. It was what my core message was. Um, and then developing my, what I call a neon sign, which is really that kind of flashing thing above your head that everybody talks about and knows you for, 
which is building confidently bold brands. And so even whether it was in the entrepreneurial space or in corporate, I get people that call me saying, we want to be bold and we don't know how to. Mm. So that word for me has become really like gold for me because it's something that people really connect with. Uh, and it's and it's now really what I'm known for. And bold for me, when it comes to colours, so there's a couple of things I want to say is firstly, and I get this when I speak at events, I always say you don't have to be gold sparkly pom-poms, hot pink, like you don't, you know, literally as we're just sitting here doing this interview, there are literally gold sparkly pom-poms behind <laughs> me. You don't need to be that in order to be bold. Make it, Bold is about breaking the mould in your industry and making a decision to stand out. Now, if you want to be baby blue and bold, if you want to be beige and bold, like it's not about the colour. That's very much personal for me and my personality. I love it. Um, I'm a gourmand girl, like which everybody knows. Uh, and so it's hilarious because on Insta Stories, and the minute Gorman come out with a new range, I get like a million messages going, oh, my God, Suze, I could so see you in this. Um, I tell you, I didn't even know what Gorman was, right? And I know there's going to be shock horror for many people, <laughs> me even saying that. But I went into their shop on my birthday last month because of you, because I've seen your dresses. I'm like, what is this Gorman thing? Went in and was like, wow, look at the colours. It's stunning. But that's how strong your brand is. I'm like, I didn't even know about this massive, well-known shop until you came up into my feeds. Yeah, but so it's so for me it's a personal thing. Like I love it, but it's also a lazy thing. I have a, a wardrobe <laughs> full of dresses, which means that I don't have to think about what I'm wearing. Like I literally take one thing, I put it on and I leave. Yeah. Like it's for me I'm like I can't be thinking about what like my outfit selection. Like I'm just it's so good I make use that of time management. I yeah, think. I make it easy for myself. <laughs> I love bright colors. I love dresses. I'm like, and I'm done in like three seconds yeah. in my wardrobe. Yeah. So really, so for me, I just want to make sure that people understand in order to be bold, it's really about you going, how do I stand out? How do I make myself different in my industry? How do I, I always say, I never look at my competitors. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at brands in the market that I think are killing it, who I connect with, who I think are standing out. Gorman's one of them. Um, Frank Body's another, like there's a whole lot that I think of. And I'm like, how do I become more like them? And so that's my inspiration. I never look at people that do what I do. Mm. But sometimes it triggers me. And I'm just really honest about that. I'm like, if I see somebody that's doing something similar to me, it's not that I don't wish them well and know that there's enough space for all of us, but it's like, does that help or hinder yeah, my like me being creative and original and thinking about what I want to do, or am I then going into comparisonitis or like spending time in somebody else's product that is similar to mine? Like, what's yeah. the point of it? Is kind of what I think. So for me, being bold also means that I stay in my own lane, mm, and I, I love that. And I don't kind of go into other people's lanes. And sometimes someone will message me and go, oh, did you see that this person is kind of doing something like you? And I'm like, no, because I'm not interested. Yeah. Like I'm not like awesome for them, all good, but I'm, that's not where I want to be. So. Yeah. Completely yeah. agree. I'm so, there's a couple of things I really want to touch on there. First of all, I'm so pleased you said that because, you know, we've had lots of conversations on the podcast about imposter syndrome. I know that's a different conversation, but 
even still, it's very easy to get drawn into following what all your supposed competitors are doing and morphing into what they're doing. And even another example of this is a program that I used to be a part of as a client. And I realized after a couple of years, I was just starting to do things the way I was doing them because other people in that group were, or that's the way they were teaching to do it. I was like, hang on a minute, I've lost who I am here. I'm just doing things for that reason and not because it's the Fay way. So I love that you said that. And I hope that that's a, you know, a little bit of a nudge for some of our listeners who may be spending a little bit too much time looking at what other people in their industry are doing. Like you said, find your own lane and really focus on that. Yeah. The other thing I love, which actually took a question out of this podcast for, and you brought it up, which is gold, was where you said about, um, you know, being what is bold to you? Because the question I was going to ask is, you know, I really connect with your branding and color and your perception of boldness. But I was worried that some people would look at both of us, uh, you know, we're both quite out there in our own ways and think, well, I don't want to be quite that loud and proud, right? Like, I'm not that outgoing. So where does that leave those people? And you answered that beautifully. Again, it's about finding your own lane, isn't it? Yeah. Love yeah, it. And I also think like, even if you think about you know, uh, brands like Chanel or, um, you know, even some of the luxury brands, they're not like bright pink or colourful or gold. They are very classic. And so your brand is really, so this is the other thing, is that brand is about your invitation to your audience to create emotional connection and your business is the nuts and bolts of how you deliver a product or service. So your brand is not just the look and feel, like it's not just like the colours. It's really about all of everything. It's like the experience. It's about what you talk about. It's about how people feel when they come in contact with you. And so you can make that whatever you want it to be. So even when I work with some clients, we do like a brand sort card, which is what do you want the experience to be and how do you want people to perceive your brand? And so it can be things like classic. It can be things like trusted, wise, like all of these are the types of words that you might resonate with. And Mm. for me, it's bold and colourful and friendly and out there and, you know, but yours will be something different. And so I think it's really about taking the time to go, what is it that I want to be and do and how do I want people to perceive my business and my brand and what is the experience that I want them to have when they come in contact with me? And I think a lot of times we don't spend the time to really go deep into what we want that brand to be. And, you know, I just think that that is actually where the gold is. It's what the foundation of your business should be based on because then like how you interact, your products and services, how you go out into the world is all based on that. So on that note, because I completely agree with you and I'm sure that, you know, there have been people listening to this driving who wish that they could be writing notes down right now. So I'm just wondering, do you come across a lot of people that when you talk about branding, they're just thinking about the logo of their business? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. That's what majority of people think it is. Mm. And so I, that's, I'm like on a mission to educate <laughs> women in business and businesses in general about what they need to be thinking about. And this happens with corporate as well, because the majority of marketing and brand teams in corporate are focused on the consumer brand. Yeah. So they, it's just, they're just looking at one thing. Whereas I look at what's your corporate brand, what's your employer brand, what's your consumer brand. And so even in small business, you've got to think about what is my overarching brand? What is my personal brand? What is my customer's experience? And you've got to sort of look at all the different aspects 
that that are the touch points of your business. Uh, and I just think that that is something that a lot of people don't don't look at at all. So I'm sure there's that, many cogs turning right now for our listeners going, yeah, okay, you're making me feel a bit bad right now. Because, yes, I don't want to make people feel no, no, bad. Not bad. That was wrong choice of words. But you've, you've fueled you know, food for thought, right, on, yes, I've got my logo now, but, you know, what else? And you've kind of identified three key pockets there that as business owners we need to be across. And I, I think a lot of business owners are probably only across one, which is their logo. Yeah. And I just think if you haven't done your customer journey, as in really taking a look at what are all the touch points that your customers go through when they find you on Insta or find you like from Insta to your website, to the contact that you have with them, to the conversations, to whatever, whatever it is, like all of the places, how are they experiencing you? Mm. <laughs> lots of food for thought there all right well this leads nicely into my next question for you then because I want to talk about branding mistakes I'd love to know what branding mistakes you're regularly seeing from women in business yeah yeah so I, there's a couple of things one is exactly what we talked about which mm. is not understanding why they need to grow their brand and so I always talk about the fact that branding and marketing are very different things mm. uh, which is brand is the pull and marketing is the push so for example if I if I'm building my brand and I'm giving you amazing content and we're having great interactions and you love me on Insta stories and we just really connect, Mm -hmm. then you are potentially already looking for how you can work with me and I haven't marketed at all at you. So building a brand means building trust and also allowing people to opt in or opt out of whether you're for them or not. And so, you know, Marie Foley is a great example. She builds her brand all year. She has one product, which is B-School, which she launches in February. And so she is not really marketing anything for 11 months. Yeah, she's just building her brand, which is building trust, building her audience, building brand awareness, building her list, those sorts of things, which are not actually triggering a sale at that point in time. So what you need to really think about is, and things that, I think a lot of women in business are not looking at is what is your brand strategy? What are you doing on a regular basis? And podcasting is a great example. Um, What are you doing on a regular basis that is building your authority, that is allowing people to get to know you, like you and trust you? And how are you bringing them into your fold, so to speak? Yeah. Yeah. So that so that they can, so that they're already trying to figure out how they work with you before you've even opened something or given them an offer or anything like that. And I do say there are sometimes where I find people online and I just kind of consume everything and then I go and look for what have they got? Like how, yeah. like what products and services do they have? What, what could I potentially do with them? And they've not sold a thing to me. So that is the first thing is, not understanding why you need to grow your brand and really looking at what your brand strategy is. So that would be the first mistake. The second mistake I would say is understanding how you build that trust and visibility and understanding that it's the biggest asset. So really starting to take a look at what resonates for me because not everybody might love Insta stories and maybe that's not where your audience is. Mm. So really making a decision of what can you do that is easy for you that can be something that you're consistent with. And I say this to my audience a lot is that I'm on the podcast every week. I'm sending an email every week. I'm on stories every day. Don't think for a second that I have not understood 
that that is a brand building activity for me. Now, all of those things have become part and parcel of my business. They've become habits. But what that does is that it builds trust with my audience that I'm not a flash in the pan and that I am here for the long haul and that you know, you don't just do something for two weeks and go, oh, well, that didn't work. Like you've got to kind of understand that it's a marathon and not a sprint and really just making sure that you are showing up on a regular basis. Like I say, even when I wake up in the morning and I say good morning to my Insta family, I understand what that, the power of that is mm. showing up because you've got to understand that your brain doesn't understand the difference between in real life and digital. So if I see you every single day, it's as if I'm literally meeting up with you every day. Well, that is how I feel about you and we've never met or spoken before. Morning, <laughs> I'm terrible. I constantly again. meet people and I'm like, oh my God, have we met? Like I don't know if we've <laughs> met or we've not because I'm like interacting with you all the time. I'm sending DM voice messages, yep. I'm sending videos, I'm watching you on stories and that is the thing. It's like your brain's like, Oh, do, have we met in real life? I don't know. Um, and so don't underestimate the power of showing up for 15 seconds a day. And the whole thing of people going, I don't have time. I am like, <laughs> like, I'm like, lady, you do not have time or you do not like, this is something that is not an option. Like if yeah. you are missing an opportunity to, you know, they say that it takes 14 to 18 touch points before somebody buys. You can get through that in two weeks. If you, it's like, somebody's like, oh my gosh, somebody recommended your podcast. I now watch you on Insta stories every day. I've now seen all the women that are in BBA, blah, 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 whatever else it is. Or I saw you speak in an event. Like I'm in, like it's been two weeks and I'm in, you know? So those touch points nowadays are just not like it used to take months to have that many touch points. You can do that. You can nail that in two weeks. I love that you brought that up because I had a conversation with a client yesterday and we were saying how, you know, I think it used to be seven touch points and now it is more. And I'm glad you quantified that number, but you're absolutely right. Like that 14 to 18 points doesn't have to take months. You can get there really, really quickly. And I had that scenario recently. Well, yesterday, and a lady said to me, well, she messaged me last night after she'd signed up to work with me to say, I remember listening to your podcast and thinking, I hope one day I work with this lady and hey, presto, here I am. And the, the touch points were really quite close together, but she felt like she knew me. And, and as you said, podcasting is a great way to do that. Um, sorry, did I cut you off for the third point? I'm just <laughs> lapping it all up and loving what you're saying. <laughs> no, all good. And the last one, I mean, there's so many, but the last one that I kind of had is the focusing on themselves and not their audience. So this is obviously a big one where people are like, I feel really self-conscious. I don't like the way I sound. I don't like the way I look. I don't like this about me. I don't like that about me. And I'm just like, you know something, sometimes I show up on Insta stories in my pajamas. Like I am there for a reason. It doesn't, I'll use a filter, like seriously, just use a filter. But it's, you really got to, if you struggle with this and showing up because you're super self-conscious, it's really about trying to shift it in your head that the reason that you're there is not for you. Mm -hmm. It is for your audience and it is for what you're wanting to give them, provide them, what, how you're wanting to connect with them, all of those sorts of things. And I think that when we get out of our own heads and we stop focusing on ourselves, that's when we can really serve our audience and show up in a way that we really want to because we're, we're like, how can I be of service to you today? How can I share this opportunity or this insight 
or just show you where I am and bring you along for the journey. Like it's about them. It's not about you. So I think trying to shift that for yourself will really make it much easier for you to show up. Definitely. And it's also about, you know, recognizing that you don't need everyone to like you. So if you're on Insta in your pajamas and people think, oh, why is she doing that? Then polarize them, get them out, you know, out of your communities, more room for the people that do love you because we don't need everyone to like us. No. Um, and I think that there's a lot of power in just being true to yourself, which you've asked that beautifully brings me on to a lovely segue about authenticity. Um, I think that the word, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this, I think authentic is, you know, very much a buzzword at the moment. I think it's overused. Um, and I, but I think essentially a lot of businesses are trying to be seen as authentic. And you've talked a lot about know, like, and trust before in the last answer. Where do you think businesses are going wrong in trying to be authentic in their branding at the moment? Yeah, this is a funny one. I uh, I was sharing this with, I don't know whether it was in my BBA group or with somebody the other day, mm. um, is that we have a, what's it, like a vulnerability checklist. What I mean by that is it's like, oh, how can I be vulnerable today or how can I, but it's, but it's not for authentic reasons of actually saying I'm struggling or I'm not having a good day or I'm this or I'm that. It's actually like trying to use it as, I don't even know how to like describe it, but it's like, you're, you're actually not being honest when you're doing it. You're just doing it to try and like get people to engage with you. Does that yes. make sense? It's Completely. like, yeah. I just, and so, so yeah. So I was saying to um, somebody that, you know, your brand story and being honest about where you came from and, you know, the fact that, you know, maybe you haven't been in it for five years or you haven't been in it for 20 years or whatever. That's okay. Just, just be honest. But what I don't want you to do is kind of be like, woe is me or, you know, this is what I'm struggling with, but not in an honest way. You're doing it to get sympathy or you're doing it because that's what everybody says you should be doing is yeah. being vulnerable. But being vulnerable, if you want to be, being honest about it. So one of my brand values is honesty. Um, and sometimes, like I was saying, I write a caption and I'm like, are you being honest, Suze? Like, is that really transparent? Like, why are you sharing that? Yeah. Um, and so I think really uh, living your values and understanding why you do what you do and being consistent with that is really important as well. And if that's not true to who you are, sharing whatever it is that you're sharing, then you kind of need to call yourself out on it, I think. Yeah. I think that filter that you've got is great, asking yourself that question, being brutally honest, because I think people end up seeing through it as well. So the whole vibe of being authentic becomes quite the opposite and then people get sick of it and don't follow. So it can really go, you know, against you. So thank you for that. I'm glad that we're on the same page there. Now I'm going to completely change tack. I want to talk about collaboration because I know that you're a queen of collaboration. Uh, Me too. I think it's, you know, one of the fastest ways to build a business can be really lucrative when done well and finding the right people. How has collaborating with people helped you build your business? Yeah, so I feel like it took me a while to kind of get on this bandwagon, if I'm honest. But yeah, I've definitely connected with and collaborated with a lot of women in business who have got similar audiences to me, but obviously do something different a lot of the time. Uh, And it's just been amazing for reaching new people who some may resonate with me, some may not, which is fine. But it's definitely like helped me grow my audience and also just 
offer my audience something different too, which yeah. I think is great. So I think that, you know, you, you want to build your relationship with your audience, but if you can bring other people in who bring value and who, you know, are on brand for you as well, where it's like, they'll, they'll either challenge my audience, they'll help my audience think differently. They'll bring a new flavor and something different. Then it really just enhances like what you're doing as well. And even when I think about this, so Erica, who's the queen of confidence, um, her and I have run events here in Melbourne and she's, I, in all honesty, I don't swear when I'm in my business uh, and she's like the F-bomb queen. (laughs) (laughs) But we ran an event together and she's like hilarious, very saucy about a lot of the things that she does. But I really resonate with her message. And so when we ran an event together, Um, We had like 70 women in the room and a lot of the feedback was like, it was the two of you together, you're so different, but it was so good. And it brings a whole new kind of energy and flavor and and mix into what you do. And even though you're not that person and maybe you wouldn't always like operate with them or like them, it's just, yeah, I just, we loved it. Like both of us loved it. And I think we both brought a very different energy to that event and our audience really, really loved it as well. So I think that when you collaborate, those are some of the benefits of doing it. Definitely. And how good is it when you're a solopreneur or you've got a small team to also find that kind of extended sales and marketing team that you love connecting with that can help you build your business and you have a lot of fun with as well, which yeah. it sounds like you definitely did with yeah. her. Is this the lady that you're doing an event with soon? I think I keep seeing Confidence Rising. Yes, so we've got Confidence Rising 2 and that's happening uh, on the 20th of November in Melbourne at Circa, which is in St Kilda. So we did um, like a half-day event, which was really only two hours after breakfast and people were just like, it's just not long enough. Yeah. So we're like, all right, we'll, we'll do an all-day event. So that's happening in November, but I'm not sure we'll do it again. So this may be the last one. And it's not that we don't love doing it, but, you know, those sorts of events are massive to yes. kind of organise and host. And I have to say, Confidence Rising, which really digs into some of the things that are holding you back. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, I feel like, as women in business, from my experience, we hold a lot in, mm. you know, like we we sit with a lot, we struggle with a lot. Um, and so that event is, it's heavy. It's It can be heavy. Yeah, on like the whole day of it. Yeah, the topic. <laughs> so I'm just like, we'll do a full day event. I'm like, I'm not sure we're going to do it again, but let's do this <laughs> and then let's see. But yeah. yeah, it sounds awesome. If I was in St Kilda or in Melbourne, I would be there like a shot. It sounds really good. We'll link to it in the show notes as well. Thank you. If anyone's listening now, they can go and check it out before November. Now, I couldn't have you on the podcast without talking about Instagram because I do feel like you are the Instagram ninja. Uh, I love watching your stories. I think you do them very well. We've talked about them a few times already. I want to know though how effective they are for your business. You've touched on this already, but I'm gathering they must be super effective because you are showing up every single day and you've talked about the consistency. But I want to know about the impact they're having in your business. Instagram stories has been the biggest revenue generator for me in the last 12 to 18 months, I would say. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. So, I, uh, so I've, I'm in a live round of Brand Builders Academy, which is my mm-hmm. course, so that's closed. But when I surveyed my audience and even clients that I've had prior to now, a lot of them were like, I've been watching you for months. And I knew, I knew that I wanted to jump in when it 
went live and I've gotten corporate clients from it. I've gotten speaking gigs from it. So the other thing that I've really done is that it's very much like engaging with my community. It's showing up, taking them on the journey, but it's also things like when I give myself big goals, I tell them about it and I say, help me. Yeah. So it's like, I want to get on like a hundred or 50 podcasts in the next 12 months. I've got a goal of speaking at 35 events. So if you know anybody or you're running an event, let me know or let them know. And then people go and tag other people and things like that. So my community are very, like I engage them in my business and I take them on the journey with me. And on the days that I struggle, because I do get a lot of people that are like, yeah, but I'm not as outgoing as you, so I can't be on stories and all of this sort of stuff. And so there are days where I'm like, you know something, i got nothing today. I did that on Monday where I was like, I was just, I said to my hubby, I just feel defeated today. Like my kids were driving me nuts. Um, yep. <laughs> I, like, so I got good. nothing. I got nothing. So, um, so I think that it's also about the highs and lows. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a book coming out, so I'm taking them on that journey. I think that Insta Stories has really allowed me to get personal with my community. And it's, you know, it's kind of the fun and silly stuff as well as the business stuff. Like, I share my favorite Spotify tunes and all like it's them getting to know me. Whereas the feed is a bit more polished and, you know, I, I get, I'm honest, I get a little bit bored with the feed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a beautiful feed, but what was interesting last night, like researching for this podcast is I realized I hadn't really looked through your feed very much ever, but I've watched almost all your stories. Yeah. And I think that that's it. I think that you've got different audiences in different places. Yeah. So um, I feel like I consume stories way more than I consume in the feed, but the feed, I do try and give more maybe longer form tips and content. So I really do think through that as well. Um, I do share like where I am in the journey or what's happening, but then I also do write a lot of content around like maybe 10 tips for building a personal brand and then I'll break that down into 10 different posts. And I use a lot of my professional photography for that. So I think that the difference is that the feed can be a bit more polished and a bit more in depth, whereas the stories are very much day-to-day, hanging out with me, coming with me on the journey, like having a bit of fun, that sort of thing. And that's the difference. But I think that that personal stuff in the stories really helps people build a very personal relationship with you when you're not even there. Definitely. That's, I mean, that goes back to the point of how you can feel like you've already met someone before and actually you've never met them at all. It's been all online and you've spoken to someone. And I think also when you're talking there, I'm thinking about how, you know, certainly from a service-based business point of view, so often our focus is on getting like that 15 minute, 20 minute strategy call or initial consultation call. But how much can you cover in that time? It's minimal. How much can you connect with someone? It's still minimal. Whereas if you're showing up like you are and the consistency of, showing your true you, being that true authentic, or as I call it, ugly. If you've read Steve Sims' Blue Fishing book, he calls it ugly and I much prefer that term than authentic. So I like to be ugly. You know, showing up, being ugly in inverted commas. And, you know, how much more are people going to feel connected with you? And then by the time they get on that type of call, they already feel like they know you. And just as I had yesterday, I thought I was going to be going through this 15-minute kind of sales call. And the lady said, I just want to work with you, Faye. I've already been following you. I'm just ready to do this. Exactly. Look how easy that was. Yes. (laughs) And I think that people don't understand the power of that. Mm. That that it's like people are already like they're like they're already in. Like you, if you build an amazing standout 
bold, unique brand, you do not have to sell. That's the joy. Like if you're going, what's the point? That's the point. You convert before you've even opened your mouth. And how, it's just like you said the word there, joy. It's like awesome. You want to have a party at that point. I really completely agree. All right. Now let's talk about productivity. I was having, as you know, I'm sounding like a real stalker, a bit of stalk of, or of, stalk of you before the show. I'm reading your website, which is very engaging because I went down a rabbit hole and took, came out like an hour later. And I read this line, which I think is so true for many women in business. You said, you procrastinate and keep yourself busy, even though you have a list of things that you know you want to achieve. I reckon we've all been there, you and me included, right? That's how we know people are in that point. Mm-hmm. And we've done it some point at some point in our businesses before. But what I'm keen to hear from you is why do you think we do that and how can we avoid it? Oh, gosh. So <laughs> it's a big one. In a little quick snapshot. So, so it's really interesting. I um, So I actually did a post on this in the feed yesterday which is procrastination is your brain trying to regulate itself. And I read that. I did yeah. read something in your feed and I loved it. And that's how I knew you were writing a book as well. Yeah. So um, Dr. Susan Brown, or no, Dr. Susan David, I was listening to her on a podcast a while ago and she was talking about this. And she, let, before I go into what I think, but I loved what she was saying, is that procrastination is when your brain is trying to sort out how to do something when either it doesn't want you or it doesn't know what to do. And so we've got uh, short-term strategies, positive ones and negative ones. So a positive one might be like taking some time out, going for a walk and trying to process. A negative one might be standing at the fridge and overeating. So... (laughs) So it's like looking at me as you say that. (laughs) Positive and negative like ways of dealing with procrastination. Um, I personally think that procrastination from my experience is when you are not really locked into why you're doing a lot of the things that you're doing. So for example, I always say you don't work from a to-do list, you work from your calendar. So I take a look at the beginning of the year as to what are the big things that I want to achieve. And so I really like anchor into that. Like these these are the these are my I want to speak, I want to launch, I want to do the book, I want to and so when I work backwards from that for quarter, month, week, day, I am very clear on why I'm doing what I'm doing. Whereas if you're just working off a checklist or a to-do list, there's not potentially a lot of emotion connected with why you're doing that. So you're like, well, if I don't do it, who cares? But I'm like, well, if I don't get that script into my book coach, my book's not going to happen. And that's a big goal for me. So my desire to do that is a lot bigger than if it was like, um, write a caption today, like whatever it is, whatever's on that to-do list. So I think that procrastination can sometimes come up and don't get me wrong. We all go through it. Yeah. I've got my faff days. I call them faff days, but I also am really conscious of those, of those behaviors. What could put me into that behavior? Like if I have a challenging day with my kids and I feel defeated, I might have a faff day because emotionally I'm not on top of things. But majority of the time, I'm trying to look at why do I need to do it? What is the big goal for what this is contributing to? And what is that going to give me? So it is a very personal thing as well. Um, And so I sort of say to my community, 
anchor into your big vision and why you're here and why you're doing what you're doing because that will drive you to do the things that sometimes you don't always want to do but you know that if you do them you're going to achieve that bigger goal Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's how I sort of look at procrastination and trying to get out of it. I love it. It's a great viewpoint. And I, I agree with you. I think it's really important to know your why, know what your purpose is, the bigger vision of why you're in business, because it generally isn't money or to plow through the to-do list. There's a bigger pull factor yeah. of why you're doing what you're doing. But I think sometimes, and that's probably a whole other podcast, answering that question is a big challenge for many people. And they're just stuck in the day-to-day doing and plowing through, checking things off on a to-do list. And as you say, you know, there's generally nothing sexy about staring at a to-do list. Uh, it isn't the most, you know, oh, like, oh, yes, I can't wait to do get through that piece of paper. But the bigger vision is what keeps you pulling and coming back to it. All right. So let's finish off with a couple of quick questions. One on productivity. Now you've got two young kids, thriving business to manage, real zest and energy for life. You love doing stuff outside of work. You have a you know, a personal life, which is awesome. Um, I'm sure you've got a few. Nice, of, yeah, yeah. But you know, like I, when I read your bio, you love doing stuff. I can't imagine that you're just sitting there doing nothing all the time aside from working. So I'd imagine that you're juggling a fair few balls every single day. What strategies and maybe tech do you use to manage that? So I use Asana is like my lifeline. So it's, I've got um, about four team members and everything Mm -hmm. goes through Asana. So I've got somebody that does some of my podcast stuff. I've got my VA, I've got my Kajabi VA. I've got like all of those. I've got my husband. (laughs) (laughs) He's in Asana too. Uh, And so, and so I really try and manage everything from one central place so that I'm not constantly looking around. Yeah. Then the other thing I do is that I do switch off my emails and my socials during specific times so oh. that I'm not reactive, but I'm very proactive on what I've got going on in the day. Yeah. Uh, and so that really, you'd be amazed how much time that saves you not being reactive. Mm. Uh, and then I, once again, I do really plan from, I'm literally looking up, I've got two big calendars on my walls which are very specific around what's coming up, what I'm doing, what I need to be focusing on. Uh, And so as far as planning goes, I know what's coming up for the week and I just try and stick to it and try not to get too distracted with stuff. Um, And I think that it is very much, it's a strength and a habit that you build Mm. as to how you do that. Uh, And the other thing is, is that I'm very scheduled. So Monday, Tuesdays and Fridays, I do a lot of corporate work. Um, You know, Wednesdays I'll do podcasts or I might do events. Thursdays I do a lot of finance and biz dev. So I'm really scheduled. I kind of think if I was working for somebody else, I would be organized like this. And so I make sure I do that in my business as well. As far as the kids and the family go, my husband is like Mr. Mum. He, you know, I am kind of the ambitious, crazy cat in the family. And he is an introvert who's quite happy to sit on the couch and also watch football. So, <laughs> so it works really well. So he does a lot. He does a lot in the house. Yeah. I have a cleaner. Um, you know, like I just, I've built my life in a way that really works for me mm. and yeah. And, and so I enjoy what I do and I'm productive in the time that I do it. 
I love it. So much gold there. I think um, what you said about if you were working for someone else, this is how you would behave. I think that's also driven into us in a recruitment environment. You know, you think about marketing, business development, getting out on client meetings, blocking and batching things together. Like there's so much that I am grateful for from the recruitment environment that I bought into my business. Also love that you have kept it simple. Like you've got Asana, you're getting off of social media, even though you're showing up all the time, you're not spending all day long on Instagram or Facebook or wherever. Um, So there's some really nice, simple tips that people can take away from what you've just said, because it doesn't, being productive and juggling all those balls doesn't actually have to be difficult, but there's structure and routine and consistency, which is king. Okay. So hit me with it. Before I let you go, I would love to know if there's a quote or a mantra or a saying that just is, you know, is a light bulb moment for you that gets you through the day or has just worked for you in your business. So there's two and one of them is sitting like stuck to my calendar and it Mm -hmm. just says anything is possible if you've got enough nerve, which is JK Rowling, which is all about bold and brave and it's like are you willing to like get out of your comfort zone and I freaking love that. And the second one is that people will love you and people will hate you and I'll have nothing to do with you. Oh, I love that. Goes so back there's, you know, I just form, think, I just think you just show up and do you. Yeah. And if people, how people receive things is, is up to them. Like you're not responsible for how other people feel about you. Yeah. And be gone the trolls. Take no notice of them. <laughs> Oh, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. We could have done a few more hours, I reckon. We could chew the fat over so many different things. So thank you so much for being here. Now, I know that our listeners will be wanting to lap up more of your Sue's goodness. So where can they find you? So they can find me at theconnectionexchange.com. I do have a podcast as well called Brand Builders Lab. Uh, So you can check me out every week on there. Uh, But, yeah, otherwise just head to the website and have a mosey around and, yeah, there's lots of bits and pieces. There's freebies there and you can find out more about, yeah, me and what I do. Sounds fantastic. I'm pretty positive that people are going to be heading straight over to your Insta stories if they haven't already after this conversation. And Susie's podcast is awesome, listeners, so you should go check that out. Um, If you want to grab any of her links, just go over to busybusinesswomen.biz forward slash podcast 46 and you will get all of the links easily there. But so without further ado, I just want to say a really massive thank you. You bring an awesome energy. I've really loved interviewing you. We had a bit of a crazy start and listeners, that was totally because of me, not because of Suze. I'm on her podcast tomorrow. I thought she was interviewing me today. I, in, in, you know, the sense of authenticity and openness, I completely cocked this up this morning <laughs> and I'm glad that it's gone as well as it has. I've we loved interviewing you. Yeah. So thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Any parting words you want to leave us with before I let you go? Oh, just, you know, something, you didn't come here to play small. Just make it happen. Just make the decision and start stepping up, hire yourself as the CEO and get stuff done. Oh, we need like hours more because you just said hire yourself as a CEO. I'm like, oh, we didn't even go there. Thank you. Be bold. I love it. A very big thank you to you for joining me today. Uh, Listeners, thank you also for hanging out with us. If you've enjoyed this episode, I would love you to leave us a review on iTunes and let us know what you loved about this episode and Suze. And if you'd like to hang out out some more, you can see me over on Facebook and Insta. I'm at Busy Business Women and you can get lots of biz building goodness over on the website at busybusinesswomen.biz. So thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. I will be back again really, really soon to help you build a business that But until the next time, you've been listening to Suze Chadwick and Faye Hollands on the Busy Businesswomen podcast. Bye-bye.